Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where you get a guaranteed return on investment of your time as we cut your learning curve with the information you can apply to your farming operation immediately. Extreme Ag, we've already made the mistakes, so you don't have to. Managing your farm's water resources is a critical component to a successful and sustainable farming operation. Advanced Drainage Systems helps farmers just like you increase their yields up to 30% with their technologically advanced water management products. Visit ADSPipe.com to see how they can keep your business flowing. Now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast. It's me, your host, Damian Mason. You know, if you tune in here, we promise you an ROI. We will shorten your learning curve, hence the name Cutting the Curve. Give us a couple days, weeks, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm doing great stuff because I'm learning from people who have done it, been there, done it, and made the mistakes. In this episode, we're talking about using biologicals to better utilize your P and K. You know what? Fertilizer prices are doubling heading into the 2022 season. This is a serious issue. You're going to have to really weigh how much inputs you can afford and more importantly, how you can get every last nickel of return out of those input costs. Well, perhaps there are biologicals that can help you get more bang for your fertility buck. That's what we're talking about today with the guys from Agrisen. I got Steve Sexton, he's the director of technical sales, and I've got Brian Cornelius. He's a smart dude, got a PhD. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing in the brain power on this one. And he's working out of Texas. He's the director of applied science. We got Western Iowa farmer, Kelly Garrett and co-founder of Extreme Ag, who's gonna give you actual input information, meaning here's what he's doing on his farm on his 7,000 acres in Iowa. So a great topic for you today that you can put into your business plan for next year on utilization of resources. Steve Sexton, Brian Cornelius, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, welcome, Dave. Man. And also, Kelly, as usual, you know I love being on the show with you because, you know, we always talk about good stuff. By the way, you might notice, dear viewer, yes, I know some of you are listening, but some of you also view. I've got my new Extreme Ag shirt on, and unlike Kelly Garrett, who sort of leads by example, but I won't follow, I kept the sleeves on. I figure if you pay for the shirt, keep the damn thing intact. Why cut the sleeves off? Anyway, that's what I'm telling you is you can watch these videos at extremeag.farm. You also can listen wherever you get your audio podcasts. Check out extremeag.farm for all these episodes because we've got a bunch of them coming out now with great information. Biologicals. All right. What is your, what is Agrison? This product It's called Titan. Okay. Tell me what we're talking about here. Titan XC is an innovative fertilizer biocatalyst, Damien, that's specifically formulated for use with uh, dry P and K, phosphorus and potassium blends. And it does two things. It increases nutrient availability or nut and nutrient efficiency, and it improves plant performance, meaning it improves that root system so we can get more of that P and K that we apply this fall up into that plant the next spring. All right. Um I'm going to be honest here, Brian. This stuff can get too over our head. Does it work? Brian, does this stuff work? It, it does, Damien. And, and the proof is in all of the research we've done and the data that we've gotten from the field over the past, you know, 10 or more years. But one of the keys as we talk about, and you asked, you know, this biological technology, one of the keys is to have the ability to create a product that can actually 
help improve the processes that naturally occur in the soil. When you talk about breaking anything down, whether it's dry fertilizer or, you know, herbicides, other pesticides, residue, any of those things, you have to understand those interactions in the soil that make those things happen. So what we want to do is add this biocatalyst technology to the system. Whoa, 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 whoa. Catalytic converter they brought out in the 70s. <laughs> Vala catalyst. This is like something from Star Trek, like where Captain James T. Kirk releases the Vala catalyst. What the hell are you talking about? Biocatalyst, Damien. Biocatalyst. So basically, to put it in simple terms, any biocatalyst is a material that's a byproduct of a living system. There are living organisms in the soil. Those organisms produce byproducts. That's the biocatalyst that drives that soil system. Agrison just has a unique way to mimic that in our plant in Denton, Texas. So all we're doing is putting a product there that is just like what the natural soil population does, but we accelerate it. And that's what a catalyst all right, so we got this um, this issue. In the old days, we concentrated on just making sure we had lots of NPK. In the old days, throw as much NPK at there as possible. There I am in soil judging class FFA stuff, 1986, and it's all about how much NPK can we throw on that ground and get another bushel of corn. Fertility is obviously more advanced now, and also fertilizer is heading into a doubling of the price, I'm told. Steve. What what's going on, man? Is this is this really an issue that we're going to need to not only add more NPK but actually utilize that which we have? Well, Damien, you know I farmed from uh, eighty two to ninety nine, and I farmed and I remember map prices at one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a ton. Uh, potash was not much more than that. Um, back then, if we slobbered on another hundred to one hundred fifty to two hundred pounds an acre over and above what our fertilizer plan was, our yield goal was, it didn't really matter because we all thought it was going into the soil bank. Yeah. Well, a couple things. We know now with the CECs of some of these soils, which is the ability to hold fertilizers at cation exchange capacity, some of these soils can hold that extra fertilizer and it finds its way into the waterway. Right. And like in 2008, and this, this fall of 2021 is mimicking 2008 with, when we had historic high fertilizer prices. We had a $1,000 ton map, $1,200 ton potash. And by the way, that's when Titan was launched, Damien. And the reason why it Titan caught on is because farmers were looking for a tool to be much more efficient with that fertilizer application, have less get tied up in the soil, more in the plant, and take off more in the grain. So that's why uh, Titan XC came about. And it came about in 2008 the last time we had these high prices. All right, Kelly Garrett, you got a whole bunch of acres. You got a lot of different things. You're very innovative. You're always trying new stuff, but I got to tell you, I was there at the parade in my small town, Huntington, Indiana, you know, and it parades in small towns. You got the band and you got the, you got a bunch of local vendors always trying to sell crap. And I remember a guy going down the Jefferson street in Huntington, Indiana with a bunch of ears of corn on the sideboards of his truck and touting some sort of non-chemical, non-pollutive biological to get you amazing yields. And I'm sitting there as a farm boy, skeptical farm boy like you. And I said, bullshit. Kelly, be honest. Does this stuff work, or is this just a guy driving down Jefferson Street in a parade with a bunch of ears of corn touting some snake oil? 
No, we've tested Titan on our farm. It does work very well, especially here in Western Iowa in the bluffs and the less hills, our base saturation calcium is too high and the calcium ties up a lot of the nutrients. The predominant nutrient it ties up is the phosphorus. So whatever we can do to make that available, we need to do it. And Titan works. I've tested on my farm. It works great. All right. So uh, I thought you'd be more jovial about it. You're obviously concerned. I'm going to make these people angry and you're Mr. Polite, which is not really you. And I also would like to point out to the dear listener and viewer, he just said over here in Wisconsin, where we have some hills. No, no, they don't have some hills. They got nothing but hills. I thought the Palouse area of Washington, where they've got those combines that essentially are like ready to tumble down the side of the hill. I'm like, those people are nuts. And then I went to Kelly's neighborhood. I'm like, you know what? If I was a pioneer, I would just kept on walking until I got to some part of Nebraska and said, let somebody else have that crap. So anyway, you're using this Titan product. Tell me how you use it on your farm, Kelly Garrett. So it's, 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 it's put out there and you're saying, yeah, man, it's going to really help you get that fertilizer that you don't want to be blowing more money because as the CEC cation exchange capacity, we know that we want to get it out of the soil now. It's not necessarily going to be there forever, as Steve pointed out. How do you use this stuff? Well, I would be one of those people that some some of the biocatalysts, those terms go over my head. I just have faith in Brian and Steve, what they're talking about, and I'm not afraid to go try it because, I again, I've got faith in them. When you apply the Titan with the potash, with the map, with the DAP, whatever you're using in our neighborhood, it would be map. When you're applying that, it, it does. It releases more. It becomes available. You know, I read once a University of Minnesota extension uh, paper, you know, test. And they said that only 48% of the phosphorus in the map that you put on becomes available. And I can't tell you the percentage how much more Titan makes available. I'll just tell you that there's a yield response and an ROI. And those are the numbers that I pay attention to. Yeah, so just tied up in the soil very easily, especially by the calcium. And we have a calcium problem in my area. West of me, they have a magnesium problem, which is worse. And the phosphorus gets tied up and the Titan releases it. Okay, Brian, without getting over our heads here, how does this stuff work? Because, all right, there, there's, we're only using 40% of the phosphorus we put out there. That seems pretty inefficient. Hopefully we're going to get better about that. And that's where your product comes in from an environmental standpoint is one reason, because look at Ohio, you know, <laughs> we got a bunch of fertilizer going into the Lake Erie. All of a sudden they're going to ban agriculture. So from an environmental pressure reason, but then from an economic reason, why are you going to only use four tenths of what you're paying for? Tell me how it works and, and the benefits here, Brian. Yeah. So the nature of the product, again, it's, uh, a group of metabolites from microorganisms. And what those metabolites do is you coat that onto the fertilizer and those metabolites help accelerate the breakdown of the fertilizer in that soil system and also helps influence the plants to take more of that fertilizer up. So you get faster breakdown and more uptake. And that's one way that you can drive efficiency is get more of the fertilizer in a plant available form and then get more of that fertilizer into the plant where it's actually going to be used. Can we do better talk than- about all the mechanisms to tie up the fertilizer? The one thing that we do with the Titan is if you can mitigate some of the tie up by having more of that in the system, it's a win. So tie up is going to be natural in the soil. So if we can make more available tie up is going to cause less of a negative effect. 
if it's true that we're only getting the study from University of Minnesota that Kelly's referencing, where we only got 40% utilization of, uh, of our phosphorus that we put out there, will your product get me to 50%? Will your product get me to 60%? Do you know? Well, so I can give you an example of kind of how we determine some of that efficiency improvement. You know, let's just say it's pretty well understood that it takes, what, a un one unit of nitrogen or so to make a bushel of corn, and then it's, you know, a little over half a unit of phosphorus to make that bushel of corn. So when we look across all those data points, across all of those years, and look at those yield increases, it's pretty easy for us to say, yeah, I mean, 10%, maybe 15% increase in availability based on hard numbers that we've seen, tying those back to, you know, the amount of phosphorus it takes to produce an additional bushel. You know, we're not just guessing at it, Damien. We're actually using sound information from the field to say this is what we truly believe has happened. And Damien, we had a three-year, uh, actually it was a three-year study conducted by Pioneer in Northeast Iowa over, fi over five cities. And they kept those same fields split in half grower standard, and then with the biocatalyst technology in the program. And Bill Long was a regional agronomist. He's out of Cedar Falls, Idaho, uh, for, uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa, uh, for Pioneer Agronomy. And in year two, he was examining P1 and P2 phosphorus, Bray 1 or Bray 2. Brian and I refer to Bray 1 as checking account phosphorus, your available phosphorus, Bray 2 or P2 is your savings account. And what we saw where we had the biocatalyst technology, we saw an 18% increase over that, uh, the grower standard. So when you ask, Damien, can this technology increase a phosphorus efficiency? And, and uh, Kelly alluded to 40 to 48%. In this trial, we were up, went up 18% in, one, in, in 90 days. And that was a 12 bushel yield increase on high yielding corn. So to answer your question, yes, we can increase available phosphorus. Those numbers you just gave me right there, uh, you gave me how many more bushels of corn? 12 bushels of corn. Okay. And that's 12 bushels at, call it today's number, five bucks. Okay. Or $60. How much did it cost me to get that 60 bucks? On Titan, uh, if we're doing a 200-pound spread, it's under $5. If we're doing a 300-pound spread, it's a tick over $7. Just over $7. And eight. We're, we're talking five, five to $7? Five to seven dollars. Yeah. You just found yeah. me. You just found me sixty bucks. You just found me sixty bucks, and and you you used it's a it's a ten to one return. Right. Okay. Now here's the other part. Going back to my man Kelly. This isn't like you know. I, I know that when you run your business, you always got somebody that's a consultant, and a consultant is a person that flies in, uh, plays golf, drinks, lets you buy them dinner, and then also says, "Here's what you need to do," and then tells you gives you a whole bunch of work to do and then flies out. The thing about this, it ain't a whole bunch of work. You're not out there, you know, with a hoe doing this. To put this on, what's it require from you? It requires you to make the call to your nutrient rep and ask him to put it on your fertilizer. That's the best part. Again, it's not like yeah. these guys are flying in and saying, hey, I just gave you a bunch, 10 more hours of work per week. This is pretty easy stuff. It's just, hey, coat my fertilizer with this stuff, tighten, and that's it. Exactly. And from a, from a farmer perspective, there are a lot of snake oils out there, like you referred to the parade in your hometown. So products like what Brian and Steve are talking about here with the Titan, they can get a bad name 
because of the other snake oils out there. And the, the farmer needs to educate himself and try different things to see what works. And you, you asked before, you know, Steve came up with the 18% number. I think that's a great number, but I would also say it's an infinite answer. And in my trials on my farm where I've got worse base saturation of the soil, so variable, the tougher the environment from the soil, the more the Titan is going to do for you. You know, and, you know, Steve talked about it's high yielding corn in my tough environments. It's, it's my worst yielding corn. Yeah. And, but that's where I'm going to have the biggest gain and the biggest bang for my buck. And I very much believe that, you know, every farmer's using potash and map and some form of nitrogen, be it liquid or anhydrous or whatever, but to get your yields higher, to get your ROI higher, instead of just hitting the easy button, these kinds of products need to be explored, developed and tested on your farm. And that's how you're going to make more money and improve your ROI. You, um, you, you know, the other thing is a guy like you, you're using variable rate fertilization. You know, you're making sure that parts of the field that need more get it. And, you know, and most, most modern agriculture, I think, is that way, although some maybe is still not. This product goes out at those exact rates. That is, you didn't have to do a separate uh, distribution oh. concept because if it's going out at bigger amounts, it's because it needs to be there. So it's, it's really it's, it's, it's like you don't have to make any extra calculations, right? That's exactly right. It, it's it's already on the fertilizer. So as the fertilizer is variable rated, so is the Titan. What did we, um, you know, what did we, let's talk about what problems we solve. Is Besides just fertility uptake, and we talked about phosphorus um, uh, um, and potassium, I guess, with potash. What problem did we solve here? Was it just that there was not uh, enough utilization of the fertility? Was there something else that we looked at and said, this is exactly what this product does? Is there anything else, Steve, this does that we're not thinking of? Well, uh, a couple of things, uh, and that's a good question, Damien. When we apply our phosphorus, you know, when I was farming, I used 1152O and I used potash, and I figured I, I was clueless to the efficiency of my fertilizer. I did not realize in the P2O5 form, plants don't use it in the form we apply it, Damien. They use two forms of hydrogen phosphate. And here I am sounding like Dr. Brian, and he's the He's the PhD. I just have a master's. You're doing but, good. But it's a it's 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 taken up by the plant in either HPO4, which is hydrogen phosphate, or H2PO4, dihydrogen phosphate. And so the metabolites, because microbes have to produce met, meta, uh, metabolites to make phosphorus available, Damien, because they want to use phosphorus as a as a food for cell energy, but they don't have mouth parts. They ha and these metabolites are very very powerful. Yeah. And, and it's converting that P2O5 and that MAP form or DAP into hydrogen phosphate so the plant can take it up. The other thing is with potash, it's, a, it's K plus in the soil. It's K plus in the plant. We're applying it available. So plants just have to go get it. It's got to be mine. And so by, by, by signaling that root system and saying, come and get it, grow more root hairs, it can go grab that potassium. Brian, do you want to add anything to that? Well, it, it, like you said, it's a two-pronged approach. First, you've got to get more of that nutrient in a form the plant can use. The second part of that is you've got to create a system in the soil that that plant sees is conducive to pull in more nutrition. So if that uh, plants are living things that have evolved over a long period of time, and they know when the system is not working well, and they're not going to use excess energy to try to do something that may not work for them. But when that system is, you know, finely tuned with the proper nutrition, those plants don't have any, any issue 
using extra energy to pull those nutrients in because they know they're going to be able to utilize that the proper way. So do you feel comfortable, Kelly, that 10 to one, your expense to return is real. I mean, if it's five to one, you're still doing it. I mean, I'd, I'd give $10 to uh, uh, somebody to get $50 back every day of the week. Uh, is, is it reasonable? I mean, have you had experience where this was less than five to one, less than four to one? Have you had a reason to question its value? No, I don't question its value. That's, you know, unless I can get at least a three to one or four to one, I don't want to use the product because I think that the mark, because there are those times it goes backwards and I don't think the product is worth it. When you're talking a 10 to one, like Steve is talking, that's the way to be right there. Okay. Yeah, I, so I, I have a fair amount of gamble in me and I kind of like that. Those odds. Yeah. yeah. When it's four, when you're talking four to one, five to one, uh, is, is this the future? Is everybody going to be doing this? Because it seems to me that when you got fertility, right. For fertilizer prices uh, where they are, we need to be doing every single thing we can to minimize pounds of fertilizer going out. I think everybody should do it because again, these are the kinds of products that are going to take our yield ceilings higher. They're going to make the fertilizer more available. That's one reason. Another reason is, with inflation, costs continue to go higher. Then what about the regulatory piece? What if they start regulating the amount of fertilizer we can put on? You might just not be able to, Steve said, you might not be able just to slobber as much on as you want. And you've got to utilize and make more efficient what's out there. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, by the way, look at every single thing. Antibiotic usage, there was a time when, you know, you talk about buying cattle, they came in, you ran them through, just shoot them full of as much antibiotics as you want. It don't matter. I mean, we were, we were unjudicious to say the least with uh, antibiotics usage. And then it got to where now it's voluntary and regulatory that we're not doing it. It's going to be that same way on chemistry and fertility inputs because of environmental pressure. His name's Steve Sexton. His name is Brian Cornelius. His name is Kelly Garrett farmer in Iowa, genius with a company called Agrison, uh, owned by a nutrient. If anybody wants to learn more about your product, where do they go, Steve? Agrison.com. Spell it because it could be a lot of ways. A-G-R-I-C-E-N.com. Awesome. Brian, thanks for being here. Steve, thanks for being here. Thank Kelly, until next time. This is the Cutting the Curve podcast, and you just heard about a technology that's going to grow in its acres utilization, and it's going to also grow on your farm because you will realize you're getting more fertility utilization out of products you already have, making more money with less inputs. I'm Damian Mason. Until next time, it's the Cutting the Curve podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Cutting the Curve. Could your farming operation benefit from better drainage, lower costs, and increased yields? Advanced drainage systems can help. From drainage solutions to irrigation and water recycling, at ADS, their reason is water.